welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. Today's date, May 29th of 2023, and today is our wrap-up show for the conference finals of this year's NBA playoffs. We're getting prepped for the NBA finals now because um, it took a full seven games in the Eastern Conference, but we know who our teams are that will face off in this year's finals. First of all, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show. Or welcome back to the show, whether you've been listening previously or you're a brand new listener. Either way, we appreciate your support on the show. We really appreciate your um, tuning in. It really means a lot to us. And uh, that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We're going to summarize the last couple of games, game six and game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, the Western Conference Finals has been over for a little while, but we'll recap those last two games, one from Saturday, one from just earlier today, Monday, we'll give you the uh, rundown on the latest news, give you some previews for what we can expect this week with the finals, and then go ahead and wrap things up from there. Um, so, excuse me, and that is our plan, and let's go ahead and jump right into it. And we start with game six. So going into game six, uh, it was going to be where game six was in Miami, of course. Um, going into that, the Heat led the series three games to two. They had lost the previous two games to the Celtics, who were looking to make a historic comeback. And it looked like the Heat would be able to uh, – w- well, actually, the Celtics kind of led for most of the game. It's a really interesting flow of the game to track. Um, it never really got away from the Heat, but the Celtics kind of maintained a big lead throughout much of the game. Um, and it looked like the Celtics were going to easily force or not easily, but, you know, convincingly, for lack of a better word, um, force that game seven. And then in the final few minutes, the Miami Heat go on a nice little run. Looks like they're going to try and steal it late. Um, and to many fans in the final few seconds, it seemed that the Heat had done that. But for those who had been paying astute attention and, you know, fully watching the game i don't know it's just interesting because the you know the buzzer runs out or time runs out buzzer goes off miami is celebrating but boston has dipped it in and they win the game and it's just it's a wild series of events um basically the celtics have a few seconds left they get into marcus smart he throws up uh not a terrible look a tough three-point shot opportunity um, isn't able to get it to go, but the rebound is perfectly off the, the rim to find itself in the hands of Derek White, who is following the shot and, you know, seeing what he can do as, as a rebounder goes right to his hands. He tips it in with just barely enough time. He, it's out of his hands with 0.1 seconds remaining manages to go in the Celtics win the game by one point 104 to 103 stunning the Miami heat. This was Saturday night tying the series three games to three forcing a game seven in Boston, which was today, Monday, just unbelievable. And you know, the Celtics had responded well enough. And it seemed like, the, again, they could have that victory well in hand kind of a late collapse, and then Derek White saves the day to force that game seven. Um, Let's look at the box scores here. Firstly, for the Miami Heat, um, Jimmy Butler, 24 points in that game, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. 
Caleb Martin, 21 points, 15 rebounds, a steal, and a block. Bam Adebayo with 11 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a block as well. 15 points for Gabe Vincent, 13 points off the bench for Duncan Robinson, 10 points for Max Strews. Balanced con- contributions from all the Miami Heat players. Um, <clears throat> the Celtics, meanwhile, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, 31 points for Tatum with 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, and a steal. Jalen Brown, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. 21 points for Marcus Smart, 11 points for Derek White, including those two pivotal points off the putback. He also had 3 blocks and a steal, 4 rebounds and 6 assists. And then 10.7 rebounds off the bench for Robert Williams III. So, you know, close game. And again, the Celtics kind of had it controlled, and then the Heat brought it back. Derek White plays the savior. And the Celtics were without Malcolm Brogdon. And so there was every thought going into game seven. You know, Brogdon has struggled throughout the series. He's been dealing with a uh, injury, some part of his arm. Um, I just saw, I want to say a forearm. Um, and that's, first of all, something that I, I've i seen the limited impact of Malcolm Brogdon in this series, but I haven't been as acutely aware of why that impact has been lacking. Um, so helpful to understand that. And, you know, you think, okay, he missed game six entirely, but he was going to be re- available for game seven. You know, maybe that game off gives them a chance to recuperate, be able to play through it enough in a game seven to be able to to make a difference. And they're going to be at home. You would think it should be a great position for the Boston Celtics to try and, you know, do what has seemed to be impossible to pull off history, make playoff history of their own. And that storied franchise add to that legacy. And uh, they put up a, a decent effort for the most part up until kind of the you know third quarter ish. But the Miami Heat were ready to just get the job done. You know, they've they've let the last few games slide. Um, those games got away from them. You know, the the Derek White tip in was was a shock to everyone. And from early first quarter onward, they were ready to really um do what they could to pull away in this game. And, you know, they built up a nice little lead, got up to about 15 points uh, through a a few different moments in the second and third quarters. Boston cut it to within about 10 at the end of the third quarter. Looked like they had a chance to maybe make a run at it. And then at the beginning of the fourth, Miami builds up the lead again. Miami's biggest lead was 23 points on the game. That was midway through the fourth quarter. And that was about when the game would be sealed for the Miami Heat. Looking at things for both teams, firstly for the Boston Celtics, three players in double figures, no one with more than 19 points. The 19 points came from Jalen Brown, who had eight rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and a steal. Also worth mentioning, though, eight turnovers for him, and he was one of nine from three-point range. Tough night. Tougher still, though, for Jason Tatum, 14 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Um slightly better percentages than Jalen Brown. Still not great. He was hampered by an ankle injury in this game. I believe it was suffered during the game and maybe could have impacted his ability to play. Um, And then 18 points for Derek White, the hero in the previous game. Um, Nice game there, but they just didn't have enough of that team, well-rounded team effort. Malcolm Brogdon making a brief return 
no points for him, nine points for Marcus Smart, just not enough to work with. Meanwhile, for Miami, um, in these key games throughout this whole postseason, they've seemed to be able to come up with the the perfect combination of, of what they need. Jimmy Butler, of course, 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and three steals. Um, not the greatest percentages, but he got the job done in a great all-round game. Caleb Martin, 26 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, and a steal. He has been electric. He has been the third best player uh, for the Heat throughout that conference finals. He's been a big player for the Miami Heat. Bam Adebayo had 12 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, and a block. Um, 10 points each for Gabe Vincent and also Duncan Robinson. Robinson coming off the bench. Robinson also with two steals and a block, showing you he's more than just that three-point specialist. And so I, I think I covered all those outside elements, the Brogdon injury, the, the Jason Tatum injury. But, you know, there was going to be – it was going to be exciting either way. The Miami Heat – it's exciting for them because, of course, they're an eight seed. And we've kind of forgotten about that in this whole conference finals, um, you know, rise and fall of what we've seen from Miami, the the this emergence of the new storyline with can the Boston Celtics pull off history and be the first team to come back from that 3-0 deficit, you know, and that was a great storyline. But we certainly are reminded now and we get our attention drawn back to the fact that Miami is in the finals as an eight seed, you know, and we posted this on our Instagram page. We'll do a quick plug for that while we're at it crossover across time, all one word on our Instagram. That's the the profile name. We share content from the show as well as doing our best to share content from across the NBA. So that along with the podcast itself are great ways to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA, as well as to hopefully get that historic perspective that we aim to provide. Regardless, we posted this on our updates there just barely about the playoffs and the finals that, um, oh, now where was I going with this? An eight seed. They, um, yeah, to, to even make it to the, to have a chance to play in the playoffs, they had to go through the play-in tournament and they lost their first play-in game to the Atlanta Hawks. And so they were in that game to, to get that eighth seed facing off against the Chicago Bulls who, Gave them a decent run for their money. That was a competitive playing game. You know, one, a few other possessions swing the way of the Bulls, and the Bulls could have taken that spot. The Miami Heat might not, not have been in the playoffs at all. And they get into the playoff rounds, and then they they flip a switch. Jimmy Butler locks in, and suddenly they're able to go on this amazing run. Um, they upset the Bucks, of course, and they beat the Knicks, and then they, they do what they did in this series against Boston now to face off against the top seed in the West, the Denver nuggets. Um, it's going to be an exciting finals to say the least, but first of all, congratulations to Miami. They certainly earned it. Um, it. They took a while to close it out, but they did a great job to Boston credit to them for putting up a late fight. You wonder if, you know, whatever adjustments or increased effort or whatever, you want to speculate as to far as as far as what allowed Boston to win three of the last four games. If those things had been in place at the beginning of the series, you know, would this would we be looking at a, a five or six game Boston series victory? You know, we can only speculate on that, um, and we don't want to take away from what Miami did because um, Miami's a heck of a team, and they they earned this victory. You know, 
Boston Boston did do a lot of things to kind of hurt their own um hurt their own chances but Miami did everything to to earn this victory and and they deserve a ton of credit. So so they win game 7, they get the job done, they're moving on to the NBA finals and that segue, segues us beautifully into the first bit of our key news as far as the Eastern Conference Finals MVP and that is Jimmy Butler and you really couldn't name a ton of other guys looking at his stats for cross those seven games for the Miami Heat. 24.7 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 6.1 assists, along with 2.6 steals per game. Um, only only two turnovers per game. Um, great play all around. If you had the name of Cole second, quite honestly, it would probably be Caleb Martin. You know, I mean, again, out of bio, of course, what he brings defensively, um, he's an underrated player, but Caleb Martin shot 60% from the floor throughout seven games. That is phenomenal. Averaged about 19 points a game, six rebounds, 6.4 rebounds. And he brought the offensive needs that this team has with the absence of both Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo. You know, and then you have Gabe Vincent playing pretty close to what he's able to do last year. Adebayo, solid, maybe a bit underwhelming from what he did in has done in the regular season and previous seasons. Duncan Robinson finding his shooting stroke again. Max Struess is still a decent three-point shooter. Lowry, Kevin Love. You know, I like what Miami has pulled together here. It's similar to last, you know, season's past rosters in a lot of ways, but um, in other ways that they have some things that other rosters have been kind of lacking, you know, kind of putting multiple pieces together. I don't know. It, there's a lot to like here and it will be a very interesting series against the Denver Nuggets. But of course, Jimmy Butler starts and ends with him. Congrats. Well-deserving of that uh, 2023 Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals MVP. And of course, in case we didn't say it before, just a quick mention in the Western Conference, that 2023 Irvin Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP. That was Nikola Jokic. Um, those two guys, the MVPs for their teams facing off in the finals. It's going to be very, very intriguing. Super excited to see that. Um, as far as our other key news, we have a couple of coaching hire updates. Um, both of these are a little bit speculative. Uh, speculative. They're not official yet, but they are, <clears throat> excuse me, per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Very, very reputable source. So these are, you know, about 99.9% uh, guaranteed. Firstly, for the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, they let go Mike Budenholzer, who was a championship winning coach for them just a couple of seasons prior. They are reportedly planning to hire Raptors assistant coach Adrian Griffin as their new head coach. Um, of course, AJ Griffin, uh, one of the rookies from this most recent draft class, um, who had uh, an exciting rookie year, his dad, that is Adrian Griffin. So that'll be interesting when the Bucks and the Heat, the Hawks play each other, having another, you know, father as a head coach and son as a player dynamic. Those are always interesting. We've had it with, the, you know, of course, Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers and uh, some others as well. So, so that one's interesting. And then for the Philadelphia 76ers, they reported they are planning to hire former Raptors head coach, Nick nurse as their new head coach, Nick nurse, of course, another recent championship winner in 2019 
who was let go by the Raptors. Um, for both of those hires, both teams looking to be top teams in the Eastern Conference, um, going from, you know, taking players from, or, or coaches rather, from uh, recently, you know, good program in the Raptors, great developmental program to say the very least, and they've been competitive as well. I think those are good moves, especially Nick Nurse. You know, I don't know a ton about Adrian Griffin as a coach. Uh, he was a decent NBA player in his best seasons. You know, he was a nice little uh, nice little player for the Mavericks and such. Um, as a coach, I don't know a ton about him. So with him being on that Raptors staff, I think he's probably a solid option. It'll be interesting to see what he does with Milwaukee. Um, but for Nick Nurse, so for him to get an opportunity with the Sixers, I'm really excited to see if he could be the the perfect fit for them as far as taking their play to the next level in terms of that postseason success. You know, with Doc Rivers, of course, he's a championship head coach in his own right. Um, the fan uh, perspective and commentary around Doc Rivers has been that of a guy who hasn't been able to get it done uh, for better or for worse, for right or for wrong. And so for a guy like Nick Nurse, who's been a recent champion um, just about five seasons ago, that'll be really interesting to see how that works out. So so there's your head coaching hires. One last update. Uh, this is an interesting one for the NBA. They're reportedly investing, investigating allegations surrounding referee Eric Lewis and a Twitter burner account. Um, and I've seen some of the, the shared... I've seen it on Instagram, some of these posts. It is interesting. This has been a conversation with a couple of other guys in the NBA circle within the last five to 10 years. Of course, we had the, um, not Jerry, Brian Colangelo, uh, son of Jerry Colangelo, an NBA front office, you know, father figure for in some senses. Um, but, but Brian Colangelo, of course we had the, the burner accounts defending his moves as a general manager with the 76ers. We had, uh, or, or a, a president GM, one of those two, we had, uh, the Kevin Durant series of burner accounts defending him as a player. And now apparently we have one defending Eric Lewis. And this stems from fan commentary about his when he referees games involving the Boston Celtics and the record that the Celtics have being favorable in that instance, um, you know, accusations with that of Eric Lewis helping the Celtics win games through calls made on the floor as a referee. And now there's this whole burner account situation where they're going to investigate whether he's been trying to defend himself and, 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 you know, save his name by doing these, these burner accounts and these tweets um, saying that it's false and all of these things. It's an interesting web that has been woven of, of these, you know, tying a, a referee to a team with records and that referee resorting to a burner account allegedly if that is all kind of matching up the way the fan perspective sees it, it is very odd, you know, and you wonder why that would be your first action yeah, as an individual, as a referee to 
make a fake account and send out tweets defending yourself, you know, and again, that's, that's, if this is all true. Um, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, hopefully there's some sort of positive re- resolution for, for all parties, but an interesting one to, that we'll keep our eyes and ears out for, I'm sure. Um, but really that's it for our key news when it comes to, um, this series, I'm just going to give some quick thoughts. Um, this heat nugget series. I think that, you know, and we, we don't want to go down the same trap of, well, the nuggets are the high, you know, more highly favored seed. They've been the better team in the playoffs, specifically in the conference finals. They were a little more dominant, a little more consistent. Um, the injuries of the Miami heat. We don't want to rely on that and rest our laurels on that as we've done with other the rest of the other series that have been in the Eastern conference finals, because this Miami heat team is always going to find a way to win. That's the lesson we've learned so far. So this will be a competitive series. This will be um, at the very least a five game series. Likely, you know, I'd bet 70% six game kind of series at this point. Um, Good chance. It's a seven game series, even it's going to be competitive. Jimmy Butler is going to be the driving force for Miami, especially because it was only a few years prior that the Miami heat were in their last NBA finals. Jimmy Butler was his first year in Miami. That was in the, in the bubble, of course. And the construct, the constitution of this team is a little bit different. Of course, out bio is still a key piece. Um, but and Duncan Robinson was a player there. But outside of that, a lot of these guys are are new to this mix. Um, you know, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. These are guys that have that are big parts of their rotation right now who have not played on the finals stage. And so that could be a difference maker. At the same time, Denver has little to no one that's been in the finals. Contavious Caldwell Pope, of course. Um, Jeff Green, I want to say Jeff Green was on that Cavaliers team that made it in 2018. Let me double check and make sure. Um, yes, he was on that roster, the 2018 Cavs when they went to the finals. So he has some finals experience. So Jeff Green, um, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and that's really it. So, you know, I, I, that really is kind of a neutral factor for both teams, but Jimmy Butler having that finals experience and his competitive nature in general, how that matches up with Jokic in his first finals, that'll be super interesting to see. Um, you know, the inside Denver's ability to kind of guard inside and the three point line. I mean, three point line, especially, it seems like Miami really, when they're going, they're, they're hitting those threes. They're getting drive and kick opportunities. So being able to guard the three is going to be key for Denver. For Miami, they've got to figure out what the Lakers couldn't figure out and what the Suns couldn't figure out how to limit Jokic's impact as a as an all-around force, especially as a distributor, a rebounding presence. And that could be a big red flag and a concern for the Miami Heat. You know, um, Adebayo is, I would say Adebayo is just like a half notch below Anthony Davis as an all-around defender. 
the size is a little bit not as like he's just a little bit smaller, a little bit not as long as an Anthony Davis, and he's not you know ton tons more strong than Anthony Davis either. And so him matching up against Jokic, I think, is going to be um a, possibly a big concern for the Miami Heat. Um, what the Nuggets do to match Jimmy Butler, you know, guys like Michael Porter Jr., KCP, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, all of those guys kind of rotating and making it work, trying to guard Jimmy Butler. That'll be interesting to watch for as well. Um, And so those are kind of the two X factors for me as far as what, um, what will be the key factors for each team for, for the heat. They need to be able to limit Jokic, make an impact for him because if he's not able to get it going and be consistent, that'll really be a huge issue for the nuggets. And then for the nuggets, they need to limit the heat on the three point line, make them, you know, make tougher shots inside a lot of those kind of things. And so those are my early thoughts. And that's kind of the, the real quick um, finals preview, maybe just a slight bit more brief than other finals previews we've done. Um, And you might be wondering why I'm not saving a more in-depth finals preview for Wednesday, um, our Wednesday show. Well, I'll be a little bit vague for fun purposes, but just be aware that our Wednesday show, which is our next episode coming up, um, we have some some special plans in the works. It's going to hopefully involve all three of us hosts. It'll be a little bit apart from what's going on in the NBA right now, and I think that'll be a great show for you. So, so that's why we're not doing the finals preview there. We're just kind of blending it in with our conference finals wrap up. Um, but yeah, I, those are my thoughts. I'm super excited to get into game one. And let's tell you when that is. Here's our game previews. We only have one game this week. On Thursday, ABC is the channel, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. We have game one of the NBA Finals, in which the one seed, the Denver Nuggets, will host the eight seed, the Miami Heat. And um, again, I can't give you any prognostication as far as which way that game is going to go. Either way, it promises to be a very exciting game. So definitely tune in. I know I'm going to be tuning in. Um, But regardless, that's it for uh, the bulk of our show. Let me go ahead and give you our This Day in History fact before we wrap things up. For this day's fact, we're going back to the year 1997. So May 29th of 1997, John Stockton of the Utah Jazz nailed a three-pointer as time expired to lift Utah to a 103-100 to win against the Houston Rockets in Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals. That victory gave the Jazz the series and lifted the franchise to its first NBA Finals appearance. Now, I know as a Jazz fan, I've mentioned this before, um, it seems like I'm picking favorites to go with that one. Well, firstly, um, that objectively, I think, was the best this day in history fact to choose from for this particular day. And secondly, it coincides perfectly with a certain soundbite from our uh, podcast intro music. So I had to pick it. Plus as a jazz fan, I can't, I can't not pick that one. So maybe there's a little bit of bias, but regardless, that is it for our show today. Thank you all again for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday again for that kind of 
you know, not going to give too much away, but it should be a great break from form, a little bit of a fun thing to do before we get into the finals coverage. Um, we should have Justin and Wyatt on the show. So I think that'll be good. Um, especially because we weren't able to get Wyatt on tonight. Apologies for that, but we should have them both on Wednesday night. That's going to be a great show. Um, that'll be our next show followed by Friday, where we'll give you our finals game one recap and get you some other news and things like that. Um, just a quick side note, we're getting into that point where our uh, podcast schedule is going to kind of be mixed up a little bit. Instead of doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to focus on recapping finals games as they happen. So expect generally to have a podcast episode after uh, the day after each game of the NBA finals. So that's a quick final update. Thank you all again for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back on with you on Wednesday. Wednesday.